Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Good to see you all this morning and uh, we are in our theme which is Home for Christmas. And of course Christmas Eve it's very exciting for some, for other people they're ignoring it but we are excited about the birth of Jesus aren't we? We're excited about this reminder each and every year of who Jesus really is. Now I want to... uh, just uh, give you a thought here, and I want you to do this in the overflow as well if you're online. Uh, just consider your joy to stuff ratio. I found out about this a few years ago. There's your joy in life versus the time you spend accumulating your stuff. Are you with me? So, the time we spend enjoying life and the time we spend trying to earn the money to accumulate the stuff that we need in order to enjoy life. I don't know about you, but this comes into focus around Christmas time and the stuff that we have and the time we have to enjoy it. And sometimes our whole uh, purpose, it would seem, is to somehow increase the opportunity to be happy by, by spending more or getting more. Uh, you know, I've come out of the corner boxing today, haven't I? I've just come straight at you from Mario Kart to what are you doing with your money? No, 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 no. I want us to think here, what is our joy to stuff ratio? Because we spend a lot of time gathering, obtaining, securing stuff in the hope that it'll bring some joy. And my experience over the decades is it doesn't always work that way around. In fact, what we celebrate this time of year, home for Christmas, we're celebrating the fact that in John 1 verse 14, uh, it tells us that the word Jesus became flesh and dwelt or made his home among us. And what does that bring us? What did Jesus bring us? He gave us his love. Gave us joy. And today I want us to consider the peace, the love, the joy that Jesus brings us. What does that look like? So, so often we've made joy as something we try to obtain, but the scripture says that the joy that God gives us is a gift. The gift of joy. I want to encourage us in these next few minutes to know the gift of joy that God has prepared for you. Now, I know we do confuse it with happiness, but you read in the scripture. In Matthew chapter 2, we read about the Magi, the, the, the wise men, the, 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 those that traveled from the east, the astronomers. The, they'd seen the sign and they'd, they'd gone towards this king that they might pay homage, then they might worship him. In Matthew 2 verse 10, it says these words, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I think this is Bible language for they were, they were super happy. Yeah, they, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. What does that look like? That looks, that looks like a lot of joy. So they are absolutely joyful because a sign of God's goodness results in joy in their lives. A sign, they saw the sign and the sign was going to lead them to the promise, lead them to what they had been traveling for. They didn't, didn't just go out the corner and come out the house that morning. They've been traveling for a long time. And they saw that sign and they were filled with joy. You see, there is a joy in anticipation. A joy in our lives for the anticipation of what God is up to. We read in the, in the narratives, it's the birth narratives of, of Christ in Luke chapter 2, for example, where Mary, carrying Jesus in her womb, she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who has John the Baptist in her womb. Okay, And as she enters the house, uh, Elizabeth says these words. He says, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises 
to her. That we believe that God will fulfill his promises. There is a joy in the anticipation of what God will do. And sometimes we gloss over this, but for Mary, a teenage mother-to-be in a very socially unacceptable situation, this was weird. This was, her future was unknown, but she had a promise from God, a direct word from God. And so she sings in Luke verse 1, verse 46, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. If you've got a promise from God, that's what we need to do. We magnify God and let our spirit rejoice in God our Savior, even when how this is going to work out is not yet clear. For Mary, it wasn't clear, but she had the word from God that this was of God. And so there is a joy in her anticipation. What anticipation do you have? What anticipation do you have for what God will do? Some of us, we've stopped believing, friends. We've stopped believing. So God will do his thing. I'm not sure if I'm included. No, 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 no. What is filling your heart? Because there is joy in the anticipation of what God will do. And then, of course, there is joy in the fulfillment. In Luke 2, verse 20, the shepherds were told by the angels to go down to Bethlehem to see the child that was born, the Messiah. It says the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. There is a joy in the fulfillment of what God has promised. The shepherds saw it. There's no limit to the joy in our hearts when we get a revelation of Jesus. I'm convinced, friends. That's why the Christian calendar is helpful. Every year we get the reminder. Every year we get the reminder that Jesus is good. That Jesus has accomplished his mission. That he came, became a man and dwelt and made his home among us. It fills our hearts with joy. The realization of God's promises can bring joy. What did Jesus say later on in John 16? He tells his disciples, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Your joy will be complete. Who else tells you when you leave the shop with your bags full that your joy will be complete? Now you're caught up, right? Yeah. Who else is offering this, friends? We're not purchasing it. We're not even working for it. We're receiving God's joy. Jesus says that if you ask the Father, he's going to give you what you ask, and your joy will be complete. Your healing, your restoration, your favor, God's provision. What prayers have been answered, friends, as we come towards the end of this year? What prayers have been answered? What promises have been fulfilled? Sometimes it does us good. You know, so when I come into church, I think to myself, what, what's God up to? What's God been up to this last week? Some of us, we roll into church on Sunday. It's like, what on earth's going on? Let me get in there somehow. I'm going to make it through. No, I want to tell you, friends, change your outlook and ask yourselves, what, God, what is God up to? What is God up to on my behalf? What if I ask the Father and I'm going to see the fulfillment of that promise? Now, Let's be real. We have a little bit of a bad habit sometimes as Christians of faking it. Right? It's like, oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength, but you feel no joy whatsoever and you've got no strength. Oh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'll just keep saying it. 
Who's kept saying it and it doesn't work? Oh no, pastor's on slippery ice now. What's happened? You know, there's times when we're not in the fulfillment. There's times when the joy of the fulfillment is not our experience right now. If you look at this, uh, this Christmas photo, which went slightly wrong. Take a look. Take a look. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a while for everyone to get uh, what's going on here. Yeah. You know, it didn't quite work out. We can't fake it sometimes, can we? Sometimes we're not feeling the joy. Jesus actually says in the verses before we've read here in, in John 16, he tells them that he's going away and they are actually thinking that their world is falling apart. They've, been, they've committed themselves to the Lord and Messiah and now he's talking about not, no longer being with them. He says these words in John 16, uh, Truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will, not t- will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish. I'm mindful as a man, I shouldn't be saying these words, but Jesus said them, okay? So, the baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, verse 22, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. That's what Jesus tells us, that even sometimes when we're in a time of grief, a time where it feels like the joy has been taken, actually, it will return. Actually, it will come in such a way, he will restore our joy that no one can take it from us. What does the psalmist say in Psalm 30? Some of you know these words. His anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. What is the scripture telling us? That there are times when, when we, we, it's a moment. In, this, in the grand scheme of things, in the light of eternity, there's a moment, there is a night where weeping might remain. But joy comes in the morning. In fact, it says his favor lasts a lifetime. In other words, our, our status before God is that we are in his favor. And we may experience that grief. We may experience the mourning. We may experience the loss. We may experience the trouble that seems to be robbing our joy, but actually it's coming in the morning. It's because our status is that we are in his favor. In his favor. So I want to encourage us with this today. Look to your source and not your circumstance. Look to the source of joy and not your circumstance, because your circumstance will deceive you. Your circumstance will not always add up to the joy that you need in your heart. We need to look to the source. How does the psalmist finish Psalm 30? You turn my mourning into dancing and remove my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. It's coming. He will restore your joy. He will restore your joy. Our part is not to pretend, friends. Our part is to look to the source and not the circumstance. See, you can, you, can, you can close your eyes to the circumstance, but it will still be there when you open your eyes. We've all tried it, right? It's like the kids try to magic things away. If they just don't look at it, it won't be there. And we do the same as adults, friends. We think if I ignore it, it'll go. No, but we need to look to him in the middle of it all and know that that joy will return and he will restore our joy. So there is joy in anticipation. There's joy in fulfillment. But all this comes to the focus where Jesus tells us clearly in John 15, that the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
Jesus' invitation is not for us to somehow earn his love, but to remain in his love. We don't have to earn it. We get to choose to stay in his love. It's not what you have to do. It's what he has done. And then Jesus finishes with these words. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, we get caught up on this joy stuff ratio. We get caught up in trying to get some more joy in life by getting some more of that. And then we'll get... And Jesus is saying, hold on. If you remain in my love, my joy is going to be in you and your joy will be complete. There is joy in Christ. As the scripture says, in his presence is fullness of joy. Where does God presence himself? In your life. He chooses to presence himself in your world, in your life. And there is fullness of joy. As we heard last week in the, in, in the, uh, in the Christmas concert, the joy is not a fleeting visitor. It's an invited guest that lingers in the corridors of our hearts. There's a sense of something in our lives which is beyond what we can organize ourselves. And I know we're, we're, we're good at organizing some fun at this church. We enjoy life. But there's something that goes beyond that that only Christ can do. A joy, my joy, I give to you. Now, I may have told you some of you this before, but it's once, one occasion, and I hope it doesn't happen again, someone stole my car and they didn't give it back. Right? I went out of the house, I went to where we parked it, and it wasn't there. And you know when that happens, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I must have parked it somewhere else. So you go to where the somewhere else, and it's not there either. And then you're thinking, was I the last person in the car? Did my wife drive the car? So I ring my so I say, where did you park the car? No, 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 you were the last one in the car. And it, you try to put it off, but it dawns on you, my car's gone. Friends, when your car is stolen, you are not happy. You're not happy. You're not like, praise God. What's he up to today? You're like, no, no, no. You're in the queue at the police station and you think that what's happening in your life is the most important thing happening in the world and why are you in a queue? You're not happy, friends. I won't bore you with the whole story. I didn't get my car back. I got insurance, a little bit of joy. But hey, there's things that happen to us that, that steal our happiness, but they don't need to steal our joy. This is the difference we have, friends. This is the advantage in life. My joy I give to you, Jesus said. Oh, it just went with the car. No, it didn't. Oh, I just, I've just been given redundancy. What is it? doesn't need to steal our joy, friends. Now, I know at those times, God dig deep. But Jesus says, I'm going to give you my joy and my, your joy will be Complete. God actually enjoys our joy. Zephaniah 3 verse 17 says, He will take delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but rejoice over you with singing. That's what God's up to. He's rejoicing over you. He enjoys your joy. Yeah? Yeah. God enjoys it when you are joyful. That's his purpose. That's what he wants to see happen. That's why Jesus tells the parable of the son who messes up. Some of you know the story. The son returns home, and what does the father do? He throws a party. There's some joy in the house. You say, well, it's not fair, because we've lived our lives knowing that it's not good when things aren't fair. If you've grown up with a brother or sister or more, you know it's not fair when one person gets more jobs to do in the house than the other one. It's not fair, right? Older, older siblings in the room? Yeah. yeah, okay, just helping you here a little bit. Know where you're at? You got more than the other. It's not fair. Jesus isn't fair, friends. 
Because his, fa- his grace and his favor doesn't weigh up how much you deserve. Yeah. He simply throws a party yeah. and he's happy you're home. Yeah. That's the joy of God. God's joy over you. And he says he'll give us his joy. Delight in him knowing that he delights in you. I want to encourage us with that today, friends, as we celebrate Christmas and all it means for us. Delight in him because he's busy delighting in you. Some of you don't believe that he delights in us. We're not sure if we're good enough. You are good enough because what Jesus has done. He rejoices over you with singing. Ah, but pastor, I didn't pray last week. He rejoices over you. Ah, but I don't know the whole Bible. He rejoices over you. He rejoices over you. We've got a list of what makes God happy with us. And the list is wrong, friends. And I encourage you to put the list in the bin and trust him. Remain in my love and my joy will fill you. And no one can take it away. No one can take it away. I'm going to invite the band to join me. We're going to sing in a couple of minutes. But I'd like to finish with the thought here where Jesus is saying that we'll have his joy and it will make, that joy will be complete. And then in the next verse, in John 15 verse 12, he says, now my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. See, I think they're connected. I think there's a, that's, a, that's a big command. Jesus gives the ultimate example of how to love, and he says, hey, go ahead. He, he, he gave his life in our place. And he says, now, I've loved you. Go love one another. But it's connected with the fact that we're full of his joy. Because there is a joy in serving. Friends, there is a joy in serving. So much of what should we do we, is contractual. We kind of work out, is that enough? Should I do that? Is that enough? Have I done enough? But actually, when we get into this, we realize that the love of Christ and the joy of God in our hearts, there is a joy in serving. To put it like this, that it's commendable to serve, but it's a transformational to serve with joy. If you serve with joy... You know, as we head into the hostels and helping people uh, in, in need this Christmas, we can turn up and help, but you serve with joy. That makes a big difference, right, Abby? What a difference that makes. You see, there's a joy in serving, friends. And I want to encourage all of us just to know that what God is doing in your life, what he's birthing in your life, the joy that's bubbling up in your life will enable you to serve others, will enable you to love each other, as Jesus says, as I have loved you. So can I encourage us this Christmas? Let's be careful of that joy-stuff ratio. May I suggest that's a difficult game to play. May I suggest that trying to get enough time to enjoy stuff while trying to get enough time to get the stuff that you think you need to enjoy your stuff Can I suggest it's a difficult game? And there's nothing wrong with all our possessions. There's nothing wrong with the power to create wealth. There's nothing wrong with being able to... In fact, when you've got some money, you're able to bless some other people, right? So, hey, I'm not not digging at that at all. But what I'm saying is, where is your source of joy? Today, joy is a gift of God. My joy may be in you, and your joy will be complete. So there's joy in anticipation, joy in fulfillment, joy in Christ, joy in... In serving, Can I encourage us today? Because I think for some of us, we maybe need to just have that, that challenge as we head out of this place that we need to look to the source and not our circumstance.
Because circumstances shout, don't they? Circumstances can be expensive. Circumstances can weigh on our emotions. Circumstances can mess up our plans. But I want to encourage you today that the joy of God is in you. Look at the source and not at your circumstance. I wonder if we can stand together. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in a moment and the band are going to lead us in, in this song. I'm so grateful when I come to church on Sunday. It's not a test of how good my singing is. You're pleased about that too, right? It's an expression of our hearts, isn't it? It's an expression of our hearts. You know, some of us, we've got the joy, but we've got to let our faces know. Some of us have got the joy, but we've got to let it out in that out-of-tune singing. Just go for it anyway. God's not freaked out. He's still rejoicing over you, okay? Some of us have got to let him know that we're made... Now, some people say we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, but actually to be human being is both physical and spiritual. So there's a joy of God in your heart. You've got to let it out. You've got to let it out. Let your face know. We don't need deep joy. The, the deep joy that nobody knows is there. Don't need that. Let's let it show. Some of you are actually smiling now. That's fantastic. You could have smiled at the start of the message. It would have been a whole lot easier to preach. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love. We thank you for his peace. We thank you for his joy. We thank you, Lord God, that we look to you, especially now. We look to you and not our circumstance. We believe, Lord God, that we will see the fulfillment of your promise. And so, Father God, we trust you now. We put our faith in you. We look to you this Christmas time. There's an anticipation in our hearts about what you're going to do. And so, Father God, I pray that a joy would well up from our hearts, I pray. Let there be a joy that comes out and not only to bless our lives, but the lives of others, I ask. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.